Welcome back, everybody, to the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are back on the practice fields, unfortunately not of St. Vincent College in Latrobe, but they are at least back on the practice field one way or another as 2021 NFL football is back. Uh, The Steelers and the Cowboys will hook up in the Pro Football Hall of Fame game. So those two teams afforded the uh, opportunities to get going a little sooner. And I know we couldn't be happier, but man, there is a lot of stuff to cover. Even Um, fake football is better than no football. That's, that's absolutely correct. Fake football better than no football. Yes. Um, Ian is on vacation with his family. uh, So he will not be joining us. uh, And in his stead is a friend of the show, former Steelers PR man, Brian Scarpino. And Ryan, great to have you as always. How are things going tonight in the Berg? Oh, always a pleasure to join you, gentlemen. Uh, I feel like I'm getting the call up to the big leagues. Um, <laughs> it's actually pretty nice in Pittsburgh. It was pretty uh, good. Good. We call it, we, we call it muggy, muggy. Yeah, yes. The, oh, the yeah. other day, but uh, today it was actually pretty nice. Uh, but all is well. All is well. We're back here again. Excellent. You know, what? Two weeks from the first pre- the Hall of Fame game. It's so unreal. It's, it's unreal. always an exciting time. It it is, and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit about uh, uh, what's happening at training camp. I mean, they've really only been on the field one day. Uh, the bigger topics, of course, Vince Williams, uh, Melvin Ingram, uh, why they are uh, stockpiling offensive linemen, especially tackles, as if they're going out of style. Uh, a little bit on Kendrick Green, the NFL's new vaccine stuff. So we'll uh, we'll, we'll hit on a number of topics tonight. But um, anyway, let's. Uh, uh, yes, first of all, Ben is reminding me with his sound effect. Ben, what are you drinking tonight? Uh, shit, I don't know. Um, <laughs> hang on. Must uh, not be very good. Ten barrel profuse juice. Oh, there we go. Profuse KPIPA. juice. IPA. Oh, oh, very nice. Love it. Love it. I also have a uh, IPA as well, a classic Bell's Two-Hearted again. Um, uh, delicious. And, uh, yeah, Ryan, uh, what are you uh, working on tonight? Uh, bottle of water, a uh, shot, of, shot of whiskey? What do you got going there? Uh, I should just lie, but I'm not. I got a Diet Canada Dry right now. <laughs> uh. Congratulations, my man. You're the first person to have a a Diet Canada Dry on the show. <laughs> Try uh, to watch the calories. So. Yeah, hey, <laughs> well, hey, hey, I get it. Billy might have at some point. Yeah, you never know. That's true. Or a that's diet true. something. I try to stay away from aspartame. Anyway, let's talk football. Yeah, yeah. yeah sure. Let's do. Uh, Vince Williams. Um, man, uh, it hit me hard. And and yeah. you know, all of us, uh, all three of us, have have been around the game and the Steelers long enough to have been affected by certain players when, when they retire, you know, um, there's the obvious ones, the, the greats, but, but every once in a while you come across a guy like a Vince Williams, a, a sixth round, late sixth round draft pick. Uh, hey Vince, come on into camp. We'll see what you can do. And, uh, well, you know, uh, maybe you make the team, maybe you don't. And eight years later, the, the guy, I mean, the effort, the work ethic, the leadership, um, I, I am sorry to see him go, uh, to say the least. And and that doesn't mean that that he was at the prime of his career. He was all of a sudden a three down linebacker or anything like that. 
but uh, Ben, your your thoughts on his uh, retirement and and just on him overall? Well, first, I I just want to pass along what I've been told, and that's basically that he just changed his mind. He didn't get bumped out. Yeah. He wasn't told he was going to be cut and decided to retire instead. Mm-hmm. He just decided on the day he was supposed to report that he didn't want to play anymore. And yeah, I agree with you. I was shocked. It, it, yeah. he was one of my favorites as a personality and, mm-hmm. and I always viewed him as an overachiever and yeah, the consummate pro. <sighs> one of the funniest things he ever did was remember when Antonio Brown uh, knocked over the water cooler on the sideline <laughs> He walked up to him the next day and videoed himself going, hey, my man said you caught him slipping. He wants a rematch and waved water cool in his face. That was awesome. That was awesome. Yes. Um, and, and that was the type of guy he is. Yeah. yeah, but there were so many of those kinds of things. Right. When he laid down in front of DeAndre Hopkins in the end zone. Classic. Was celebrating. That was, yes. that was so Vince Williams, man. Yep. It was just, oh. That was awesome. <laughs> Spur of the moment. Anyway, um, yeah. yeah, you've you've already hit the nail on the head. I, he's going to be missed. Good locker room guy, just great personality, and you you talk a little bit about those things, uh, <laughs> Ryan. When you uh, you you had an interesting tweet, um, something about he may or may not have liked me or something like that. Uh, is there a story behind that at all from your time there? No, it was tongue in cheek. Um, okay. You know, I yeah, I I I always got along with Vince. Um, you know, I wasn't as close with him as I was some sure. of the other guys, but you know, he was no nonsense. Uh, you know, always upfront and honest. Like I mm-hmm. tweeted, you know, we were I was lifted after work one day, and he was there with Shamarco Thomas. There's a name from the past. Yeah, also, no doubt. Shamarco was a was a great person too, uh, and I just remember Vince, you know, just being like, you know, hey. Uh, you don't skip leg day. I respect that. I was like, thank you. You know, <laughs> like you know, when anytime a, a starting linebacker uh, in the NFL, you know, gives you props for not skipping leg day, that's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Vince was, I mean, Vince was the total stealer. You know, a lot of media folks uh, have written articles about that. That it's almost like he he should have been playing in, in the seventies, the yeah. way his style was, and you know, he was. He was tough. He was strong. You know, he stopped the run. Um, and, you know, going back to his rookie season, you're right. He was a six-round pick, and he was projected into that starting lineup because uh, Larry Foote got hurt in that first yeah. game. That's I think right. he tore his bicep. Uh, but, you know, he would, you know, trial by fire. But, you know, I, a couple weeks ago, or it was recently, Vince tweeted about, you know, being, you know, a professional athlete or football player is like mentally taxing. And I yeah. remember, you know, and Vince is Vince is a very, very smart guy. He double majored at Florida State, creative writing and sociology. I don't know why I remember that, but you know, he, you know, with everything that's happened these past 18 months, I'm sure a lot of a lot of people, not just you know, football players, you know, have been Great thinking point. differently. You know, maybe, maybe him getting cut earlier this year, you know, even mm-hmm. though it might have just been numbers for numbers or cap wise, you know, maybe thought when he did it, when he was unemployed for a little bit, Hey, but anyway, but Vince, you know, nice guy, total stealer and, you know, to, you know, wish him the best. I, I, I think he'd be, I think he'd be a great coach. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I, I, I knew about the double major. I was not sure what it was in though. That's very fascinating. Um, 
good coach. Yeah, I like that. I wonder if that's something he, you know, you mentioned Ryan, his tweets. He was, I saw the tweet you're talking about, and then he started putting out some of his, his highlight plays. Um, and, and everything just kind of culminated. It's like, Oh, okay. maybe that he was leading up to this. Um, you know, uh, Ben, I'm going to give you a, a little conspiracy theory here to, to consider because I know you love those. Um, this comes from our buddy Rizzo. Uh, I don't know if you saw this, but he suggested maybe Vince was not a fan of getting the vaccine and just didn't want to have to deal with it. Said, hey, I'm uh, oh. tired of my body being broke down anyway, so I'm done. Any For any possibility there? Jesus. You know? Hey, it, you got to consider it. I I don't know Vince personally, so I can't say. Yeah. Um, I just I'm not I'm not one to jump to these kinds of conclusions, right? Um, right. Absent any kind of of proof that that's the case, there's no evidence that's the case. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, he's tweeted recently about becoming more religious, and my understanding is that may have played some kind of a, a role in this. I'm not criticizing it. That's just, you know, that's the direction he wanted to go. And I agree with Ryan. I think maybe once he got cut, he got cut earlier in the year. He started thinking about what it would be like not to play. And then he resigned and still was thinking about what it might be like not to play. And eventually got to the point as he was supposed to report to camp and said, you know, I don't think I want to do this. And and to clarify, too, based on what you've gathered and what I've gathered, uh, he was not in a position where the Steelers came to him and said, hey, you're going to get cut. Do you want to just retire? This was a a decision he made on his own. He came to the Steelers and and told them. They replaced him on the roster with Calvin Bundage, a guy who's not going to make the team. And and who just was cut earlier in the week. He was cut a week ago and re-signed today. So. I just think that people are are reaching for a reason because they want it to make sense to them. Yeah. Let's just leave it at it makes sense to Vince. Wish him well. Absolutely. Appreciate his endeavor and, and all of his contributions as a Steeler, and especially his rookie year. God, that was yeah. an awful defense. And he, you know, he was one of the few bright spots. Mm-hmm. No, he he was, and and as Ryan pointed out, he was kind of thrust in there, uh, trial by fire, and and the kid handled himself great and. Uh, I, I know, like I said, I was surprised by this, and uh, he's one of those guys that I I just total respect for the, the way he played the game and handled himself. So, um, Ryan, what does this do to the Steelers going forward? You know, they just addressed the depth at outside linebacker, and we'll we'll get into that here in a minute. Um, but now you're you're looking at Devin Bush, who, uh, by all accounts, uh, according to Mike Tomlin, he's he's cleared to go, he's ready to go. The ACL is good. Um, and you got Robert Spillane. Um, after that, you're talking about Ulysses Gilbert, who's had an injury history, and you're talking about a rookie and Buddy Johnson, who we don't know a lot about. Uh, is it possible Kevin Colbert tries to to bring in somebody, or what, what, what do you think here about that lack of depth? Yeah, I mean, on the bright side, yeah. Robert, Robert Spillane has playing experience as yeah. – does as does Devin Bush um obviously Devin coming off that ACL injury uh but after that a lot of question marks um 
you know, I, I depth is definitely an issue, not only at the you know, inside linebacker position, but at other positions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I didn't understand the cap when I worked there. I, <laughs> I never learned that. <laughs> I, you know, I learned I mean, some of it I did, but I don't know how much money they have left or whatever, but right. you know, I I've, I've, you know, I've sung Kevin Colbert's praises many, many times on the show. Uh, you know, the Steelers are in good hands. Um, you know, I don't know what, what the free agent inside linebacker market looks like. Uh, but you know, the Steelers, you know, they'll, they'll do their due diligence when right. it comes to finding somebody. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't always work out that way. Um, maybe, you know, like the buddy Johnson, he's mm-hmm. a rookie, maybe, maybe, yeah, but you know, that's what camp's all about. And Tom, competition. <laughs> so we might, they might sign a guy that we've never even heard of and, and he ends up on that depth chart. So no, you're, you're exactly right. And you know, I'm, I'm just sitting here thinking, was there any sudden retirements during your time there in Pittsburgh that surprised everybody? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I, I was trying to think, and I, I couldn't think anybody. I mean, I don't – I mean, to, for me, Heath. Heath and Troy, like – Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, mean, Heath, Heath Troy, that, yeah. Yeah, Heath, Heath surprised me more than more than Troy, uh, but um, – Didn't Heath, like, didn't he retire by email and then just <laughs> – I'll tell you this. Every – Everything bad always happened on a Friday in the off season, and Heath yeah. and Troy were both <laughs> Heath and Troy were both on a Friday. Um, uh, uh, yeah, but yeah, just when you think you're gonna have a nice day, you know, nah, nah. maybe get out a little early. Earl Forget Miller, it. Earl Miller calls it quits. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I I would say though that you know between Vince retiring, yeah, and David DeCastro being released. Nothing surprises me anymore. I, this has been just so weird. Um, yeah. But the, the team is two- definitely in transition. I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Um, let me uh, switch over to the other uh, linebacker position there, which is the outside linebackers. And uh, we have talked numerous times on this program about the fact that their depth uh, behind TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith was. Uh, pretty much zero. Okay. Uh, Quincy Roche, a rookie who we don't have any idea what we're going to get out of. And we have Cassius Marsh, who of course, Ben believes is a pro bowl type player. Um, You're I'm funny. Kidding. I'm kidding. No, he doesn't. Uh, so they, they go out, they get Melvin Ingram uh, one year, $4 million. And um, Ben, I'm just going to kind of cede the floor to you here because I, I think you'll do a much better job of explaining <laughs> why fans need to uh, slow their roll a little bit. This isn't like uh, uh, the guy was in the Pro Bowl last year or anything, right? Well, he was the year before. Yeah. He, he Actually, he was the previous three years, but he really hasn't been a big difference maker since 2017. Um, much like our some of our favorite players, uh, mm-hmm. David DeCastro and Marquise Pouncey, mm-hmm. who made the Pro Bowl last year on reputation, Ingram was making Pro Bowls on reputation. Yes. He had seven sacks in 2018, He had and he played 16 games. He played 13 games in 2019, and he had seven sacks. Uh, th- this guy has not been a, a dominant player since 2017. He is still talented. Sure. He has a hell of a bull rush. 
If he ever watches tape, watches Bull Rush. Oh my, he, he's a guy who can come off the ball and knock over guards. Mm-hmm. He's got that kind of power. Physical dude. Yep. Yes. Yes. And I, it wouldn't shock me as a result to see him on the field at the same time with TJ Watt and Alex Highsmith. Now that said, this is a, effectively a depth signing. This isn't a guy who's going to come in and compete with Highsmith for that spot. Mm-hmm. I mean, they may talk about it as though it's going to be the case, but they're not going to put him in front of Highsmith. I don't think so. Highsmith showed, showed too much potential last year. He's a developing, ascending player. They're going to want to get him on the field as much as they possibly can, just like they did with TJ Watt his rookie year. They kept sticking him out there, even though they knew they had James Harrison, who was a proven player, but they wanted mm-hmm. to invest in Watt, invest in the future, and I expect them to do the same thing this year with Highsmith. And I don't necessarily expect Highsmith to, to light the world on fire. No. But, you know, eight or nine sacks? Yeah, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility at all. And, you know, if if TJ gets his usual 15 mm-hmm. and Ingram contributes a few as well, well yeah, this could, this could be a very good signing. As well, he's going to be able to spell both those guys. He sets the yes. edge very well. Yes. Um, he's not Goodness a great man. pass rusher anymore but he's still a respectable one. And yeah, I mean, the next option was Cassius Marsh, who we've discussed at length on this show. He's, Mm -hmm. you know, he's doing his best, but he's showing us who he is. He's not good. He's just not. So, um, you know, this, this was a much, much better option. Quincy Roche, I think has a future in this league. Mm -hmm. I don't expect him to light it up this year. I don't actually expect him to get it helmet many days now because of the ingram signing but i could be wrong danny smith might have something to say about that um ryan when when a guy let me let me ask this first when you when you know the team has a position where there's a real likelihood they're going to bring somebody in because there's just there's no star star power or there's no depth is there a feeling in the facility, in the organization, in the locker room that that guys know something's coming? That do you, do you get that sense when you're there? Yeah, uh, you know, I don't. I didn't spend too much time thinking about that. Other than yeah. okay, if it's a veteran, it's probably going to take me a couple hours to do his bio. Uh, right, but like, right, right. But I mean, I mean, I mean, I think we've all. I mean. We've all played sports, right? We all know. Yeah. We yeah. all know who our teammates are. You know, we all know who's better than us, who's not better than us. Um, and I just think, you know, I think it's natural to look around a position meeting and be like, "Wow, you know, I feel like if I mean, if I'm T.J. Watt, okay, I'm like, oh, I got Alex. All right, cool. And then I'm learning other people's names, or you know, this <laughs> and that. So like, so I mean, I think it's natural just to just to be uncomfortable unless now i mean if you're in the room you know with you got i'm thinking back to my days because i'm old but you know if you're in a room with farrier timmons you know foot Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. it's a little different but when you're in the room with obviously an all pro and tj and then a guy like alex highsmith who's who seems to have you know have potential right if you're everyone else you're fighting for your life right so you know to getting back to melvin ingram I like the signing, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I, he provides depth, almost a hundred career starts, almost 50 career sacks. 
Um, is he as good as he used to be? None of us are. Uh, but you know, I do think that I do think that I do think that that he will be productive. Uh, and I do think that, um, yeah, you're going to see some different packages, maybe, you know, maybe having him Highsmith and Watt all uh, on the field at the same time. I have to share this. Yeah. When the, when the Steelers, a couple, it was a couple, whatever they talked about, Justin Houston, Justin Houston's yeah. a great player. Yeah. I don't know if it's just, it was a long day. I, right away. I was like, I was like, wow. I was like, Justin Houston's been in the league forever. I'm like, I don't know if that's the right deal. He's only three months older than Melvin Ingram. <laughs> wow. I didn't realize I, that either. I think like, the deal with Houston was that he had some character concerns. He did. Does. Yeah. Does. And he was, he was drafted in 2011. Melvin Ingram was in 2012. And I'm just sitting there thinking like, you know, I, mean, I know Justin Houston, Chiefs, Colts. I, yeah. I, yeah. But I thought he was, I thought he was much, much older. I did too. So I was, so like when they did sign Justin Houston, I'm like, okay, you know, and then it's like, wow, Melvin Ingram's three months younger. Uh, yeah. Anyway, time is not real. Uh, now a real interesting <laughs> sidebar here on Ingram. <laughs> Ingram's going to wear number eight. Yep. You might remember that uh, the league has has liberalized, if you will, the uh, the numbers that players can wear. And and as of right now, now that could change as we get towards the regular season. But he's wearing number eight. Yep. And, Melvin Ingram, uh, Tommy Maddox. Yeah, I, two guys you would never have associated in Pittsburgh, both wearing number eight. Uh, but what the hell? Uh, hey, you're listening to the uh, SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing, serving Broward and the Southern Palm Beach counties. Whether it's commercial, residential, multifamily, or condos, contact Deck Roofing today by visiting deckroofing.com. Um, I. Look, the NFL uh, led off the national news tonight at at 6.30, or depending where you are uh, in your time zone. The NFL was the number one story because of what they are saying about vaccinations. And I'll give you the Reader's Digest version here very, very quickly. Uh, They are telling all 32 teams, if if you have unvaccinated players that uh, create a situation, where your team can't be fielded, then you will forfeit the game. Um, and and as a potential nuclear option, and Ryan mentioned this kind of before we started recording, it, it could, I don't think it'll come to that, but it could mean you don't get paid that game either. You don't get that game check. So is the NFL putting pressure on these guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and And Ben, I know you wanted to add to that a little bit too. Uh, and I, I want to be brief about it. Yep. This thing has become so politicized yeah. that it drives me bonkers. Uh, first, just want to say, all of you, use common sense. Don't take medical advice from politicians, okay? Talk to your doctor. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. you know, this thing, yeah, Open basically what they're saying is, look, if you create another rat's nest where we have postponements and rescheduling like we had last season because you have players that will not be vaccinated we're going to penalize your team yeah what the what the nfl is in fact in effect saying is we consider that to be irresponsible behavior and that's a part of it but the other thing is they've got protocols in place for the unvaccinated players where they have to be instructed separately 
they have to wear different wristbands. They have to wear a mask. They cannot travel within six feet of their teammates, so on and so yeah, forth. Some strict regulations. Yeah. And that if teams break that protocol, for example, and there's an outbreak on their team because one of those guys who's not vaccinated gets creates an outbreak, they're going to penalize that team heavily. So what they're really trying to do is not so much motivate the players. That's a piece of it. But also penalize teams for breaking those protocols, which mm-hmm. a lot of teams did last year. Let's face it. A Big lot of teams time. broke those protocols last year. And as a result, there were a lot of issues. So they're they're setting the table ahead mm-hmm. of the season. They're saying now there will be consequences. Consider this. Be careful. So, so Ryan, in, in, in your time in the Steelers uh, organization, obviously you know who good leaders are, um, whether they're coaches, whether they're players, doesn't matter. Uh, is this one of those instances where, be, because we all know social, political issues, they, they, they enter in locker rooms all the time, um, but is this where your leadership really has to kind of step up and, and address this, or, or do you just kind of leave it to every player to his own own self, if you will? Ooh, uh, I could say that I did not work there during a pandemic, uh, so I can't. <laughs> so I, I cannot. I cannot. I cannot speak specifically about this. Sure, but, sure. But I, I will say that. For as for for as many times Coach Tomlin or someone speaking for the Steelers mm-hmm. or a player, or whatever, said it's not a distraction. You know, we don't we don't worry about distractions. It's not true, right? <laughs> you know, it it's it's they might not tell the media that, uh-huh. but they address it, they address it in house. Um, at the end of the day, it's all about winning and winning mm-hmm. the Super Bowl being the last team standing, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And you don't want to be that person that jeopardizes that, whether it's getting suspended for performance-enhancing drugs, uh, you know, personal conduct policy, uh, you know, and anything. You don't want to be a distraction. Whether the, And whether the Steelers publicly say, oh, yeah, this is the distraction and we're mad about it. And we'll, <laughs> you know, they say, oh, no, well, you know, we'll take care of it at house, which is the right PR answer. And I totally get that. Yeah. But this is, I mean, I there's a difference between telling, you know, someone, hey, uh, here's the dates. Uh, <laughs> like, here's the dates where they don't drug test you <laughs> or, you know, or or saying, hey, uh, if you need if you have a couple drinks call an Uber. Mm-hmm. This is totally different. Like you're, For sure. you're getting personal with someone and they might have, you know, a religious exemption or moral exemption. And mm-hmm. it's none of my business, but at the end of the day, it's all about winning and you don't want to be that person that jeopardizes your team's chances of winning. So, you know, locker rooms are close. I have yeah. no idea if they've had talks about it. I don't know. Um, they, the reports are that the Steelers are one of the highest vaccinated teams in the league, which is great. Uh, yep. But I, I mean, well, I, I mean, I, I don't I, know. I don't, I wouldn't want to have that conversation with someone. No, no, I, I wouldn't either. And I, I think the point that you just made about the distractions, the fact that 
whether whether it's a team captain, Mike Tomlin, Kevin Colbert, that, oh, well, it's not a distraction. Maybe it is for you, blah, blah, blah. The fact that you're saying, yeah, these things are distractions, I, I think that's good for fans to hear um, because I think too often we just take what we hear as gospel and we move on. Well, that's what Mike Tomlin said. You know, but as you also said, that's the right PR thing to say. Um, so, it, it, but but it's good to hear there's a, a reality there uh, that comes. Yeah, it with just it. it just to be clear, you know, and I'm not going into details. Yeah, but like, yeah. Of course, the team addresses it, and I'm not saying they harp on it, mm-hmm. but it's addressed, right? Now we don't, you know, they don't, you know, they don't discuss the details, but it's more than just telling the media. Now we're we're handling it and. And, you know, it's not a distraction. I mean, how could it not be, right? Again, sure. we're all human. You yep. know, if your star player gets suspended, of, of course there's gonna you're going to feel a certain type of way <laughs> when it comes to them, yeah. especially if you're close to them. Yeah, no, that's – I think that's really good insight. No, I, I, I love it. Um, uh, ben, the Steelers seem to have signed every uh, offensive tackle that isn't already signed. Yeah. Uh, they they brought in Chaz Green, uh, who sounds like a character from like a CW teen show. Um, but but Chaz was drafted by the Cowboys. He's third round pick out of Florida a few years back. Uh, seven or eight starts, thirty seven total games. Uh, what in the wide world of offensive tackles are the Steelers doing here? What, what, what's your uh, take on this? Uh. I want to be kind. Let it, um, let it rip because I've got a theory it. too. What the hell with it? It's not about a theory. Look, um, no. I loved Kevin Colbert. I really do. But it seems like, you know, there are some years where there are some position groups that just don't get addressed. And this year, mm-hmm. it's offensive tackle. Um, we have Chukes Okorafor going to left tackle. Mm-hmm. He was underwhelming last year at right tackle. And, and he, by the way, is your most experienced offensive lineman as of right now, going into the season in terms of starts. Uh, he is, yes. Yeah. Um, I think that, that that Kevin Dotson is leaps and bounds beyond him in terms of ability, but sure. No, right. actually, he's not. Trey Turner has has way more starts. Oh, that's true. Than, than yes, Shoots I does. forgot about Trey. Yep, um, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, you have Zach Banner at right tackle who is coming off an ACL and mm-hmm. my understanding is he's gotten into really good shape and he's taken a yoga and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But I watched his tape from last year versus the giants when he tore his ACL and he was not just unimpressive. He was not good. Okay. So we have to hope that, that he will be better this mm-hmm. year. Um, and behind those guys, you've got a collection from the oh, island of misfit toys. It's, <laughs> I mean, you got Dan Moore, the, the guy that drafted in the fourth round, who's got some yep. potential. Yep. Little raw. Yeah, he's yep. more of a finesse guy. Uh, rookie probably won't do a lot this year, mm-hmm. but I expect him to make the team at least. Um, Chaz Green, who you just mentioned, who's yep. really kind of a pure right tackle, who most recently held TJ Watt <laughs> on every snap during the, the playoff game versus the Browns last year. Um, that's the only reason I even know who he is. Um, he was with the Browns. He came from the Colts, didn't he? Yeah, I still, I still have no idea how he got away with that. Oh well. 
Um, then we have Anthony Coyle, who is ungood. Um, we have Joe Haig, who sucks. Sorry. Um, we have... Uh, oh, where's the rest of this depth chart? Excuse me for stopping here. We have uh, John Leglu, who I don't... He's a street-free agent. I, mm-hmm. I don't even know who he is. Uh, these guys are... It's just our depth is more than disappointing. And I know that they can't address every single position. No, you, that's salary cap. Yeah. Covers, and that's, know. that's you know, part of the reason that there's parity in the NFL is you, just, mm-hmm. you can't you can't hit every single position because you can't spend enough to do it. And that's the great thing about the league, honestly. But, man, that's a really important position, especially with a 39-year-old quarterback. And yeah. um, basically what we have to hope and hope is not a strategy. I say this all the time, but what we mm-hmm. have to hope anyway is that mm-hmm. an entire camp and preseason, because there, there really was no camp last year and there was no preseason at all, will do this line a lot of good and they will gel. They will they will play better synergistically as a unit than they played last year, which was pretty disappointing, frankly. Uh, Ryan, is it is it possible that maybe what's going on here is, and, and, and I probably answered my own question to a certain degree here. I, Mike Tomlin and Kevin Colbert like competition. So you bring in more guys, you create more competition. But is, is there anything to the fact that maybe by bringing in some of these guys, maybe you're, you're hoping, and again, hope is not a strategy, but you're hoping that you catch lightning in a bottle, one of these guys just, all of a sudden really steps up head and shoulders above the others. I I mean, have you seen that in your time there where players were brought in and you're like, wow, this guy's actually going to get the job done, you know, something like that. Yeah. I mean, so this is, this is a throwback here, but uh, if, if you remember Terrence Garvin, uh, he was a, he was a linebacker. He was a, he was a tryout guy for rookie mini camp and he eventually made his way to the roster. Does that happen all the time? No, right? But you never know. I, I mean, oh, yeah. you just you just never know. So yeah. Tomlin Tomlin loves competition. Um, but here's what I want. And this this is a tangent, but this is this is what I want. Okay. That's what we're here for. I just want to see some f- fundamentals, right? I just want to see some yeah. fundamentals. And and I and I know this might sound silly. But if I see a Steelers offensive lineman run the Philly special or or go out for a pass on the goal line, like I'm, I get it and it's cool. But st- like we Steelers need to get back to their basics, you know, their techniques, opening up block, you know, blocking, opening up holes. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they dra- listen. They drafted Najee Harris, who seems just like not only a wonderful football player but a wonderful human being. I agree. Um, I I wish him the best. I, you know, of course there's going to be growing pains, but, you know, just keep it simple. You know, if, and if the line isn't doing the job, bring in Derek Wide. you know, bring in your tight ends. I just don't want to see a lineman report as eligible and run. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like it just like contrary, contrary to what some of the experts think about the Steelers offensive weapons, 
I, I don't see it that way. I, I think they have weapons, and I understand being creative, especially with Matt Canada coming in. But yeah. I don't need I don't need any uh, lineman options here. You know what I mean? Just stick. You know, get back to your basics. Mm-hmm. And and that's what I and in my opinion, I think that's why they have so many random people in this because I think they want to see what they can do. Well, my feeling on that is when you are aggressive, when you take the action to the defense. Uh, both in the running game and pass protection, then you can you can play with things like tackle eligible because it's not a surprise. It doesn't do anything to the defense if the defense already knows you you can't run on them, and and they already know you're throwing short every time. So you know I I, I agree with you. I, I let's see some fundamentals. Let's see this team get back to smash mouth football a little bit. Nobody's suggesting running the ball forty times a game. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, a, a little bit of that would be nice because it sets up everything else. At least I think it does. Um, I, I don't know. Ben, any other thoughts on the offensive tackles? Yeah, Chaz Green was from India. You're right. I screwed up. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, he he drafted Dallas. I think he might have been with the Saints at one point. I I uh, don't know. I I recall yeah. him going against Watt, playing right tackle, and holding a lot. And that name was what stuck in my head. And when they signed him, I was like. Why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, oh, yeah. It, Jared Jones got in trouble for beating his girlfriend. Right. And so that he knew he was getting cut and they signed this guy instead yep. because he was still available. OK, well, he's not good. Yeah. Yeah. Let me uh, slide it over to uh, TJ Watt. Um, you know, congratulations, by the way, on his uh, uh, engagement. Engagement. His yeah. Lovely uh, fiance. Um it, ben, do you think his deal gets done before the start of the season? As we all know, the Steelers don't negotiate once the regular season kicks off. Do you, do you think it gets done? Absolutely. Okay. Um, and, and why? I, I Well, two reasons. One, yep. if the Steelers don't do the deal this year, the price is only going to go up. <laughs> and that's huge. And I think that he likes playing there and he wants to do it. Now, the hangup is going to be that the Steelers – don't guarantee anything beyond the signing bonus. They never mm-hmm. have. I don't see them doing it now. Mm-hmm. Um, what they always do is they they put in unitive clauses so that if the guy is cut in the first three years, it hits their cap very, very hard. And it it makes it extremely unlikely that the guy will be cut, but they mm-hmm. don't they don't guarantee that money because then you have to put all that money in escrow and they're not a cash rich team. So right. they don't they don't do that. Um so yeah, but I, I absolutely see it, and it's gonna be somewhere north of twenty-eight million dollars, man, which Oof. is a lot of money. Um yes. I imagine it, you know, I, I checked just briefly as we were talking about it. I think they got about thirteen million dollars in effective cap space mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. They have more than that if you just want to consider the top fifty-one rule, but they're going to have to sign a few guys and 13 million. They like to have about 5 million when they go into the season. So right. that, that leaves about eight. So let's just call it $8 million. So they got a little bit of room to play with there. If they wanted to sign a free agent, like a Malik hooker or something else, but I don't really see his cap number going up much this year, if mm-hmm. at all. And then I see like a monster cap hit next season. Right. And, and is that, do you say that 
probably with the thought in mind that Ben Roethlisberger's cap hit comes off. Well, Ben's got a cap hit next year. (laughs) You know that, right? right? Yeah, I forgot. What was I thinking? Yeah. They they deferred some money to next year. They deferred it. Yeah. yeah, It's Um, going to accelerate and hit the cap. And they they still have lots of space even after that happens. They do. They do. Space is space. And and they've got plenty. It's not going to be that big a deal. They're not going to be that challenged. Mm -hmm. Um, Except for the fact that, you know, they they don't have a lot of players in key positions signed yet, um, including – quarterback i mean they've only got one guy signed mason mm-hmm. rudolph and mm-hmm. i can't imagine that if ben comes back next year he's going to be having the same attitude of yeah you can pay me whatever <laughs> you know when yeah. when uh i mean they're they're talking today that lamar jackson is going to get between 40 and 45 million dollars oh my god on a five-year deal um <sighs> and you know since we're talking about this in the very unlikely event that Mason Rudolph proved mm-hmm. to the Steelers mm-hmm. that he is a starting caliber NFL quarterback, mm-hmm. his salary expectations in 2022 are going to be north of $30 million for Mason friggin' Rudolph. And that's the price now. If you, you got a starter, that's what you pay him. Right. That's the scale. It is what it is. People can complain about it all they want. It doesn't make a damn bit of difference. That's how much you pay. And superstars are going to make $40 million and better. Uh, Ryan, during your time there, did, did you have guys that were negotiating during the training camp, during the preseason, that it got close to the end there? I mean, do you, do you sense that urgency between the player and the team at all? Um. I mean, it's, it's like, it's like the thing you don't want to talk about, right. You know, yeah, it's in, yeah. it's in the, it's in the air. Um, but I, I mean, I never, I never ever discussed money no. with any, any of the no. players, but you, you know, it was there, right. You know, and then if they did sign, you know, you know, it was a joke. It was always like, ah, <laughs> this guy's buying dinner, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's, you know, things like that. Or just, you know, Hey, can I, can you just let me hold some, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, but I would just say that, you know, this is, I remember many, many times preparing, uh, a Le'Veon Bell release or something, you know, or, or something like that, you know, in anticipation, uh, and then that never happens. Right. Um, right. You know, uh, you know, well, but you know, I, you know, get back to TJ Watt real quick. Yeah. If, yeah. I don't know how they can afford. Again, I talked about this. I don't. I'm. I don't get paid to crunch those numbers. Right. Uh, I don't know how they afford them now, and I really don't know how they afford them next year. So I, I think that I would. I would probably bet that it gets done. Because if it doesn't yeah. get done, I just don't know how next year it could be. Yeah, I, I, that's fair. That's that's kind of where I'm landing too. That the fact that it'll get done uh, the next next couple of weeks, I'd be surprised if it didn't. Um, one well, final remember thing. one other yeah. thing. I mean, next year they're going to be in the same spot with Minka. Uh, that's true. Next summer, do you really want to have to negotiate two of those deals? No, no. <laughs> Me no. either. <laughs> no. Which speaks to why I think I agree with you. I think they get TJ done. Um, one last thing I wanted to, to talk about here, um, Kendrick green, third round pick of the Steelers, uh, 
In fact, uh, Marco Bali was talking today in his piece at The Athletic um, that Green was uh, used as the starting center today. And Mike Tomlin, of course, said, ah, you read what you want into that. We're using guys that are going to play against the Cowboys, blah, blah, blah. Um, ben, why in the world was he essentially the last guy drafted uh, who signed his deal? What um, uh, these are slotted deals? What took so damn long? Pretty much, there were guys around him in the draft order that didn't sign, that hadn't signed, mm-hmm. and basically his agent was holding out to see how big a signing bonus he could get. So, in the end, you're talking about probably between ten and twenty thousand dollars today. Taking it today versus getting paid that in the future, and his agent was just trying to maximize the dollars. When he signed, he didn't miss any time. He right. was at OTAs, he was at minicamp, he was yeah. at all those things, and he's healthy. Everything's fine. You know, in the end, the stories that, that he signed and he got to camp on time. No, no big deal. Right. But it, yeah, it, it does seem a little silly to me that he's almost two months the last player to sign by almost yeah. two months. Yeah. That that to me was like wow, this is a third round center. It's not like he's go, you know, it's not a lot of money and he's not giving anything up by signing now or signing mm-hmm. earlier right, rather, excuse mm-hmm. me. Because as you pointed out, they are a lot of deals. The only question is how much are you going to make up front? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. No, it's it was just a real odd development, but he's signed, sealed, delivered, as they say. Uh, you know, the agent feels like he's doing his job. Oh, and, of course. And Kevin Colbert and Omar Khan feel like they're doing their jobs. And the thing yeah. I always tell people in business, even you know when I'm at work, is you're doing your job, my guy's doing his job, you guys are clashing. But listen, it's not personal; it's just business. And if everybody mm-hmm. does their jobs, in the end, it all comes out in the wash. Works out. Works yeah. out. Yeah. What's the uh, what's that old saying? The person that makes the first offer in a negotiation loses. Yeah. Oh yeah. God, I haven't heard that one in a long time. Yeah. The, um, well, the first person to talk he's like, after the the first person to speak after the offer is made loses. Was it? <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> the first person uh, to speak I'm after not, the offer is made. I am loses. not sharp today. <laughs> hey, well, join the club. Uh, Ryan, <laughs> uh, as we wrap up here and, and, uh, obviously thanks for coming on, but, um, uh, with Troy going in the hall of fame and you, you shared some stories in the past when you've come on with us, but any, uh, any other Troy stories you wanted to pass along, uh, <laughs> th- that you can, you know, I know a lot of things, maybe not, but, uh, I, I was trying to think of the, the, the one story you shared. I, I want to say it was something about food or a dinner or something like that that Troy came up to you about god i can't remember what it was yeah he uh, anyway. he he needed he needed reservations at a restaurant that's, that yeah, I worked at yeah prior to joining the steelers and i got him in and i didn't even know that he knew my name but he called me scarp so it was cool <laughs> uh, and then then the next day you know the next day i saw him and yeah, I was nervous because, like, I, you know, I, I trusted my my boss, who right, was the chef, right. But you know, I trusted him. But you know, he he sent me a text. It was like, hey, everything's good. But it's like, well, did Troy say it was good? So like the next day, <laughs> he's like, he's like, yo, Scarp, that was bomb. Um, yeah. But he he was he was he was uh, when we were talking about 
uh, contracts, he was his standard was I'm gonna leave that. Be, I'm laughing, but it's like I'm gonna leave that between my agent and the Roonies. Like that was always <laughs> like it was just like like they tried to every they would they would try to get him so many different times. He's like I'm gonna leave that between the Roonies and my agent. Um, I'll That's tell you so this good. though, he he made his rounds, you know, in, you know earlier you know, this past week. Yeah, and uh, I, you know, I like missed. It. I I don't know what like sort of nostalgic, you know, feeling I have, but like I like I like missed not him. Maybe it's yeah. like just just it was just like oh man, remember those good times and like yep. when he used to play. And I can't believe it's already been, you know, it's longer incredible. than five years. Right. You know, so it's I just got man, I was just super it nostalgic juice. Yeah. Well, let me tell you, Ryan, you're getting older, man. Uh, and, and it happens to all of us. Uh, I'll tell you right now. <laughs> I'm two years older. They adjusted Houston. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, anyway, we will uh, return next week as uh, the Steelers will be knee deep into training camp and uh, things will be uh, going and everything else. We'll have a little bit more in-depth stuff on who's doing what, playing well, who's not, and all that. But, again, thanks uh, so much to Ryan Scarpino for jumping on with us, and uh, thanks to Ben, as usual. He has nothing better to do, so that's why he's always available on Thursday nights. Uh, but this is uh, Steel Dead signing off on the SCB Steelers podcast presented by Deck Roofing Incorporated of South Florida. And, hey. Go Steelers! Ravens suck. <laughs> <laughs>